0: All right, ladies, this is one of those episodes that I've got to warn you ahead of time. If you've been heartbroken by a partner who's actually cheated on you, well, today's episode may feel a little triggering and painful. But honestly, truthfully, my hope is that by the end of this two-part episode, the transparency of today's guest, a man who's actually cheated multiple times, Leteris Whitfield, you'll find hopefully a bit of healing and a path to better conversations in the future. Now, Achieving cheating partner isn't, I repeat, is not about you. Period. End of. That's it. But we're going to explore where masturbation, unmet needs, and contention created the perfect storm for a broken man to cheat. And we go over the three signs you'll be able to spot so you can take action and move in accordance. I'm just going to repeat, guys. This is not about making excuses for men who cheat. Hells to the no. I'm telling you that right now. But this is about empowering women to spot the signs and choose to have productive conversations that could create a healthier, long-lasting relationship and to just give you the power back so that the decisions are all in your hands. Guys, I'm Lisa Villu, and this is Women of Impact. Don't miss part two of this mind-blowing conversation with Luterres Whitfield right here tomorrow. But before that, let's dive into today's episode. You've openly confessed that you had cheated on your ex-wife multiple times. Right. How do you go from falling in love proposing, marrying, and then breaking her heart and cheating on her?
1: It's not the other person's fault. That's the first thing we have to understand is that a lot of times people say, I cheated because this person. No, I cheated because I had a lack of integrity. Uh, Didn't realize that lack of integrity until certain things began to happen in my marriage to where I felt like my needs weren't being met. And so I went externally for something that I should have went internally for. Whether that internally would be with having those tough conversations with my wife or even dealing with the pain and then and, and getting healed from my past trauma you know I watched my father uh never we always knew that my father cheated you know felt like he had a whole nother situation outside the home but we never talked about it but subconsciously I always said as a kid I'm gonna never be like my dad and then I found myself being everything that I despised but what I didn't realize is that it was that brokenness, that, that, that inner trauma that I had been dealing with that I never talked about. Um, I always say, God can't heal what you won't reveal. So if I'm dealing with something inwardly, it's going to come out. My mom used to always say, what happens in the dark comes to light. And so when I felt like my needs weren't met in my relationship, uh, I remember my wife used to always tell me, Prior to getting married, she said, don't think our marriage is going to be based on sex. And I was like, okay, it's not going to be based on sex. I didn't understand to have that follow-up question. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? What do you believe is the healthy frequency of sex? We have to get to those levels of conversation because we have to understand some people may say, I think a healthy sex life is twice a week. Then someone may say, oh, no, I need to have at least three times a day. Then you have to have the conversation like, hold on. So if you expect it three times a day, and I can only give it to you twice a week, then where's the happy medium? It has to be some compromise. Marriage is all about compromise. But when you don't even have those questions and you don't even uh, pose those questions to even get those answers, then now I'm inwardly dealing with whatever it is, my needs not being met and not communicating that. And so I'm privately dealing with those things on my own, leaving it up to my own devices saying that, well, If she don't want to have sex today, well, I'm going to go ahead and go get find somebody else to take care of it. But it happened gradually. It started off with me saying, well, I'm going to go ahead and just masturbate. So I'm going to masturbate. I'm going to take care of it myself. And then one day I went into the nightstand. I got the lubrication and I would go in the shower. I would take care of myself. I would do that a couple of times a week. One day I forgot to take it back out of the shower. I left the house and I was like, oh, my God. I forgot to get the lubrication out the shower. So I was like, oh my God. So at that moment, I was like, if she saw it, I didn't want her to feel inadequate. I didn't want her to feel like I wasn't being uh, pleased in my marriage. And um, I was like, okay. So when I came back to the house, I went and looked in the shower. I noticed it was gone. She was sitting in the bed and I was like, I might as well address the elephant in the room. And so I said, hey, uh, I noticed that the lubrication, you moved the uh, the lubrication out the shower. She said, I did. And I said, so... What do you think about that? She said, what you mean? I said, what, what do you think about that? She said, I mean, you had to take care of yourself. And I was like, so that's it? She's like, yeah, I mean, if you got to take care of yourself, take care of yourself. At first, I felt like she would feel inadequate, but then it was the opposite. You know, um, she didn't feel like it was her responsibility to make sure that her husband's needs were being filled. And I was like, so now I turned in, that moment made me, it turned into resentment. It turns into a great deal of resentment. And so uh, when I decide to masturbate after those moments, at first I would think about her when I masturbated. And then at that point, I could no longer uh, even get erect thinking about her. And um, I had to recall memories of women in the past where sex was more free, where it wasn't feeling like it was so restricted. And... And that's where I would be able to take care of myself. And so I never did talk to her about that at all. I would always just ask her like in moments where, you know, I, I wanted sex or whatnot that um, I would try to initiate. She's like, I don't really feel like, you know, I'm just, we should ask earlier. You know, I just, I just had a big dinner or whatever. And I was just like, okay, everything's a problem. And so What happened, this is the trick of the enemy, is that those private thoughts that I started having, thinking about, it was this one particular woman that I would fantasize about or recall the memories that we, uh, you know, that we had in the past. Then lo and behold, I run into that individual at a fashion show. And then she walks up to me. And that day I had masturbated thinking about her. And then I run into her. She's like, hey. And I'm like. You know, I'm like, I felt like my private thoughts jumped out mm-hmm. in front of me in 3D. And so I said, I said, oh, she said, hey, she says, uh, so how's married life? I said, oh, everything's great. Everything's great. And she was like, hey, we need to catch up. And I was like, ah, uh, should I get her new number? Oh, i will just go and get a new number. It, it'll be a little harmless. I go to her house a couple of weeks after that. We're sitting there talking. Um start reminiscing you remember when you remember that little futon over there you remember we did on the little futon oh yeah, I remember that yeah that was there then she starts trying to initiate sex in that moment I'm like no nah, no nah, i'm married i know i'm married because again i was that guy that would always reprimand my homeboy saying why would you get married if you're gonna cheat and here it is my first year of marriage um with the uh, temptation to cheat where i didn't even think that that was even likely for me and so I get out that situation, but now that seed has been planted. Gosh, I remember when, and I'm still masturbating, thinking about her. And that's why we have to be very conscious about our private thoughts. My mom always said, what happens in the dark comes to light. If I'm thinking over those things, if I'm stewing over those things, if I'm fantasizing those things, then those things begin to resurface. And now when you're presented with it, it's like, oh, here it is. Here's your fantasy that you want. It's like the Matrix movie. What pill you going to take? And so in that moment, I'm going back to her house one day. And then that's when I I actually had sex with her. I felt like trash. I got in the car. I was like, I want to throw up. I just I literally felt the veil of my marriage uh, being torn and I felt like I was. When I walked back into the household, I felt like I walked into the house with the blazing image of the letter A on my forehead of of adultery. And I walked in, I was like, I bet she can see it. So the first thing I did, ran, jumped in the shower, took a shower, tried to wash off my sin, you know. And then um, I was like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. But I couldn't stop.
0: I have so many questions. Let's talk. Um, First of all, when you said it was your first year of marriage, but you had actually been dating what was it six
1: six six or six or seven years
0: yeah so what is it about dating's fine but then as soon as you get married that it becomes is it that the the feeling of being handcuffed what is the difference between then the dating and the marriage to you
1: well for us because we had a christian relationship um, she never wanted to have sex prior to marriage and so and even though we had our slip-ups and we would have sex it was never something that was uh, habitual it was never something that became the norm and so even in that dating process i cheated on her with the same woman back then so i cheated on her during that moment and ended up telling her about it. and i was like this is what it is this is what happened and at that time i thought the relationship was going to be over which it, we broke up and we ended it or whatnot um and then i guess about a couple of weeks later we end up getting back together Um, because the girl told my, my girlfriend who later became my wife, she told her that she told her that because she found out I had messed with this other girl, got mad about it. And then told my girlfriend at the time, that's pretty much your, your boyfriend cheating on both of us kind of conversation.
0: Whoa. Okay. So in that moment, then you said you got back together a couple of weeks later, what were you telling her? that allowed you guys to reconnect? Were you saying, oh, it was just once, oh,
1: I'm sorry. No, I, said, I told you, they, they didn't mean anything. Like they they, they literally didn't mean anything. And, and that's the thing about it. A lot of women, it's hard for them to digest that truth. You tell me that I mean everything and you'll risk everything for something that means nothing.
0: Yes, help me understand that because I still don't get it.
1: Men are physical beings men can literally lay down with a woman and get up and care care less if they see that woman again, could care less. And he'll lie to the woman that he loves the most to protect what he feels he has with her. But the other woman, he could and he he will tell that other woman right in front of the woman he loves, you mean nothing to me. This is my wife. This is my, the mother of my child. This is my, whoever she is to him, this is my girlfriend, you mean nothing to me. And then the woman is like, the the woman that, that he's in a relationship with, like, well, why would you give this woman so much power with experiencing you on an intimate level like this if she doesn't mean anything? And the reality is that's the duality of the truth. Du- the duality is she didn't. It was a physical transaction, but I really do. And who am I spending my time with? Who am I inviting to, to, to the uh, Thanksgiving dinners and the Christmas dinners with? Who, who am I spending family reunions with? You, my wife, you, my girlfriend, you, my fiance. And that's the, and that's the challenge. And that's why I say it's a very selfish mentality, extremely selfish but it is the reality.
0: Mm, Yeah, um, and that's really what I want to talk about today, right, is about that reality. Because for me, the reason why I do this show is to empower women to be able to take um, what they want in life into their own hands, to take their power back when they don't feel like they have the power. And so I think step number one is understanding. Um, And so, again, thank you for being very transparent. So in those moments, uh, in fact, I've heard you say if anyone ever spoke badly of your wife or your girlfriend, you would have killed, like, you're Mr. Protector. Yes. You protect her from everything. Yeah. But then you break her heart.
1: Tremendously. So
0: how, in those moments where you're about to cheat, especially for that first time when you get married, right? do you tell yourself this is going to break her heart and she may leave you?
1: I didn't think I thought of that at all. Really? I, th- I thought of, uh, she's just never going to find out. See, it's the thing about, it. if I ever thought that hard about it, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably wouldn't even been able to perform in the experience because the guilt would be so heavy that I couldn't even get erect in the moment. My mind was, she's never going to find out. And think how crazy this is. The, The woman that I cheated with her, cheated on my wife with, was a woman that told my wife in the past when we were dating that I cheated. So look at the psychology of that. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's utter ridiculousness. But the reality was, I still had a level of trust with that woman to say, ah, but she's not going to do this again. She's just not going to do it. And granted, she never did. uh, But the reality was I didn't consider the heart of my wife. And that's why I say we have to do a better job on loving that other individual. It's not about what we can get away with. It's about caring for the heart of that person and 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 to take into reality. If someone was treating you the same way, how would you feel? If my wife was cheating on me, I would lose it. I would absolutely lose it and be like, it's over, done. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't try to give her grace, the same level of grace that I expected from her. I, I would have done that. It's such a hypocritical mindset. And so, but I didn't consider her hard at all.
0: I actually heard you say you kind of wish that she did cheat on you for you to feel better about yourself that you cheated on her. 100%. That's like ease the guilt.
1: 100% because she wasn't even the type of woman to throw it back in my face after we was going through counseling or whatnot. Uh, but I knew that she was privately like she detached herself from me a a great deal in our marriage. And I felt the, the, the shame of that. What made me want her to cheat, uh, as a revenge to me is because I felt so much shame. It wasn't anything that she was projecting on me. It's what I felt internally. I was like, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm, I'm a horrible person you know what I'm saying and because I did value marriage I valued those vows that I took but my idiosyncrasies wasn't I couldn't overcome those because I had no tool. I didn't talk to nobody about it I didn't I didn't have no mentor to be like hey man I'm struggling in this area my wife is this I feel like this what should I do. I didn't talk to nobody about it. My homeboys didn't even know I was cheating. So when my wife and I got divorced, which is the the divorce I filed for, they was like, what? Everything was great. What what happened? You know what I'm saying? Because they never heard me say anything negative about my wife. It was literally me suffering in silence.
0: So with that suffering of the shame, the guilt, you i think you said after the very first time you felt so shameful you wanted to pull over because you feel like you wanted to throw up yeah like that intense feeling yeah sometimes can teach someone oh don't do, don't do that again yeah but it didn't teach you that why was that
1: because the issue was still not resolved
0: mm, and was the issue just like when i say just obviously it's very important sex yeah. is such a big part of relationships i believe um intimacy touching things like that but was that the re like
1: That was the that was the reason it was not just the physical aspect of sex, but it was the the intimacy of it. The intimacy from both ways, because I realized that my problem was I wasn't serving her needs at 27, 28 years old. When I got married, I didn't know anything about intimacy. All I knew about was sex. Period. And the truth be told is the people that I experienced intercourse with, it was only sex. In a marriage, marriage requires intimacy. I didn't know how to transition from sex to intimacy. And so I would subconsciously compare my wife to the women in the past, but it's an unfair comparison because that was just sex. She required intimacy. And I'll tell you this, Lisa, what happened was is in our first year of marriage, one day she came home and she had this feather. And I call this the feather story. She came home with this feather and she was just like, here, She rubbed this on me. I was like, this is another obstacle. This don't make no sense. What in the world is this feather going to do? Never vocalize that. That's internal. So she's laying there and I'm rubbing her body with the feather. Like, this is so stupid. I don't know what this is doing for her. She just always just complicated. Why does everything now got this feather? She just, all these thoughts in my head. So now I'm giving her the same energy of, I don't care about what you need in this moment. I'm just trying to hurry up and get to this moment where I can have sex. You're wanting to make love, I'm wanting sex. This is what is happening and, and this is what I'm communicating with my actions, but don't have the wording, don't have the framework for it, don't even have the understanding, but this is what I'm projecting. So I'm doing this haphazardly. And um, eventually I end up stopping and end up you know, going to have sex or whatever with her. But God brought that to my remembrance last year. Now I've been divorced going on eight years in December. December 30th will be eight years. And God brings us back to my remembrance and I'm going, gosh, I was so selfish. Oh my God. I'm like, how did I miss that? How did I miss this? How did I miss this moment? Um, and what happened was I, re- I recalled that it wasn't that she was She didn't want to have sex. She just didn't want it the way that I was given it. She wanted intimacy. She wanted lovemaking. And when she said our marriage ain't going to be based on sex, she didn't have the framework to say, I want you to honor my body. I want you to make love to me. I want you to handle me with care, as delicate as a feather. She she didn't communicate that. She just brought a feather and said, here, rub this on me. And so what I always do is I reverse engineer my life and I go, what did I do wrong? Why didn't that not work out? because I'm supposed to be the leader in my marriage, I failed. If she's not giving me what I needed, how did I not lead her properly into executing uh, my needs? Because it goes back on me. So I said, the feather. I didn't create a place of intimacy for her. And so she couldn't express herself physically in the way that she wanted to um, because I didn't create that safe space for her.
0: When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident freaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So Mahomi, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Alo Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Alo Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Allo Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Allo Moves subscription by going to allomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's Allo, moves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Allomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself, and sometimes, or maybe very often, doubt the decisions I've made. And so my mind just starts spiraling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it, when it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire, and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high. So you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free guys at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. And then just to add to that, As a woman, when you're approaching a guy, even if it's your husband, with something like that, you're very vulnerable. Yes. So for her to reach out to you and say, here's a feather, was probably a really big deal for her. Yes. And so for her, she's putting herself out there. She's feeling really vulnerable. She can tell you're just like, as if it's like a paintbrush. Exactly. And now she doesn't feel seen. She doesn't feel heard. She doesn't feel like her needs are now met. Um, And so it's like these interpretations of actions being in your own head, not communicating, and then ending up on very different paths. Exactly. So talk to me though, because you guys went to counseling before you got married. Yes, premarital so, counseling. Which I I think is amazing. Yeah. So what was it about the premarital counseling, then the counseling, that none of that actually helped you guys communicate in an order for you both to then vocalize your needs? We,
1: sometimes in counseling and what happened with us, we never ever said, what like we'll 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 talk about the the overarching need which is hey for they start off with group counseling they say the number one need for a man is sex and they need respect and then a woman needs to feel safe and she needs all this stuff you'll say that but what does that look like broken down what does that really truly look like implementing in marriage we know this oh a woman needs to feel safe we know that what does that look like so so i heard that she heard my need But then we didn't break that down to say, okay, what does sex look like for you? Does sex look like um, um, frequency? Does sex even look like, I've talked to some couples where a guy marries the woman or even vice versa, where they have an open marriage, where they're having threesomes and everything else, but they never, ever discuss that. So a guy gets married to the woman and be like, hey, I want to invite somebody else in the bedroom. Why did you tell me that earlier? Like, I don't do that. Oh, man, I just thought that, man, I mean, why did you could have communicated that way before our vows and then let me decide to sign up for what I desire? So that's what happened is that we had these things inwardly that we just didn't discuss on what that looked like truly played out and implemented in our marriage. And so we had these conversations and they're um, high level conversations, but when we break it down to say, what does that really look like? We didn't we didn't talk about it. And so then they always say the little foxes uh, destroy the vines. It's those little foxes that begin to say, hey, you feel rejected in that moment of tears when you went to try to rub her shoulders and she used to love massages. So I rub, rub, rub. Let me talk about that. She loved massages. And so I felt like giving her a massage would be the foreplay to get my knees met. But as I become a grown man, Meet the needs without any expectation, so I should be able to say, "You want to be massaged? I'm a massage you. you good? All right, I'm gonna go watch TV." And she's looking like, oh, "Well, hold on." And if you execute that properly, uh consistently, you'll find yourself that woman be like, "Hey, you don't got me be ready. I, you you watching TV now? She done climbed up on your lap. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's it's." Marriage is about sacrifice. It's about I am here to give to you. I want to make this experience great for you. And in return, I guarantee you that person, unless they're totally selfish, will go ahead and meet those needs that you have, too, because they're going to feel like gosh, she's so sacrificial, so loving, so, so, so nurturing of my heart. I'm going to go ahead and take care of them, you know, and that's what it should be. But at 28 years old, I didn't understand all that.
0: You just literally just focused on your own needs, what you were getting out of the relationship and not necessarily what her, she was.
1: My thing that I felt like women needed and my wife needed was just make sure the finances are taken care of. I got the bills taken care of. If you want to work, you can work. If you don't, I got to take care of them. So my, my, my ex-wife didn't work, you know, and, um, It was, was, I was just, I was like, hey, it's fine. And so I felt like I'm meeting your need. So Mm -hmm. meet my need.
0: Okay. So I heard you um, filed for bankruptcy though at some point. So how did that, if you've been brought up with the idea that that is what a man does, that is what a husband does. He provides her with a roof over her head and she doesn't have to work. And now you're a good husband. And then you have to file for bankruptcy. What did that do to you then?
1: It made me feel like I didn't deserve a wife. So prior to going into that in 2010 when I filed for bankruptcy, uh, I was touring shows across the country and, uh, had plays and I was making a lot of money from that. And then a the business deal that I have from one of my plays, the, the, the promoters. Oh, well, the investors, they didn't pay me my money. And so I was like, either I'm going to sue them, which is going to be even more costly, and I didn't have a whole lot of money to be suing people with that much money. Because I've heard them talk about other people that we were working with. They was like, oh, we'll drag them out in court and force them to file bankruptcy. And I was like, oh, now I'm on the other side. They're going to do the same thing mm-hmm. to me. I said, oh, God. So I said, man, I'm going to chalk it up. Well, as a chain reaction, my household bills, I just couldn't pay. And so then I felt like, I don't, deserve a, I don't deserve a wife at this point. And so I remember that year or coming out of that moment of uh, depression, I had to research. It was approaching my anniversary and I had to look up the word husband. Like I, I was like, if I'm required to be a husband, I don't even know what that means. We, we, we call ourselves wives, we call ourselves husbands, but what does that really mean? So I, I traced back the etymology of the word husband and um husband means one who bands his house together it, it's that's why it's called a husbande one who bands his house together and i said i haven't been banding my house together i haven't been able to be the glue because in my culture um the women were the glue in the marriage in the relationships in the family they're the ones that keep the family together they're the ones and i said wow it's crazy because the I, we've we've subconsciously put women in that position in the in the African-American culture when it should be the man standing 10 toes down saying hey if my son begins to be wayward and he's in a crack house then the father goes there but most of the time the fathers are absent and so then you go so the mom is doing that the mom is going to the PTA meetings the mom is always making sure the family is secure and so that was a very convicting thing when I looked that up and I said, and that's why I feel so deficient and uh, ineffective as a husband because now my money is funny, I don't deserve a wife. And that didn't do nothing but open it up for me to cheat even more, to, mm-hmm. se- to, to self-sabotage.
0: Wow, God, yeah, that's so true. And um, was that almost like compounding of the shame?
1: Like Yes, yes, because here it is, now I'm broke. And now I'm self-medicating off of the women and saying, now I can do this great. Now, this is what I can do well. It's so much that men attach to their to their sexual powers. It's so much because it's like something that we can do well. And if we really want to think about it, even trans, it even traces back to slavery in the African-American community is because they would use the man, they would use the strong, buff man to go procreate stronger slaves and so so what happened is subconsciously on that level it was like well i can find my value in this and so now i'm gonna go have sex with this woman i can meet her needs for this moment and oh, that made me feel good i felt like i was uh, I, i'm i'm a great guy and then you get back to reality and you're like i'm horrible my my bills are now uh waning i can't afford to pay this now i'm about to move out of the condo that i end up buying and end up having to move into a duplex that became one of our rental properties that she owned prior to us meeting. So now I feel less than a man. Now I'm living in her place. And I always call it, this is your place. She was like, this is not my place, our place, your place. It's your place. Because I put so much value in, let me go build this. Let me go get this great condo. Let me get this. And now this is a life I gave us. And one day she told me, she said, I never wanted this life. And I was like, what you mean? Of course you did. She's like, I didn't care about all this. And what she said in that moment, we were sitting on the floor. I would never forget this. I'm about to choke up thinking about this. It was on New Year's Eve and we had to move out by New Year's uh, because the HOA foreclosed on my condo. And it was like $12,000. Not only, and I had owned, uh, owed um, the bank like 20 something thousand, but, the HOA ended up foreclosing before the bank did, and so we were sitting on the floor, and uh, it's this movie I used to love called uh, Dick and Jane with Jim Carrey, and it was that that movie was such I feel like that's a, a marriage counseling movie because they had nothing and they just stayed together. They they were still he was stealing patches out of people's grass so his wife could get grass in the yard. It was it was hilarious, but I remember finding so much solace in that movie. Well. We had that Dick and Jane moment sitting on the floor saying uh, we had took the countertops <laughs> off of the off the condo. It was a beautiful granite countertop. I was like, we're going to take this countertop and we're going to use it in a duplex. We're going to upgrade it. We had took all the stuff out, took the toilet out the <laughs> thing.' And we're sitting there and I said, she said, Lataris, I never wanted all of this. And I said... But you did, like you liked it. You liked that you were able to just walk across the street to the CVS and you liked that. She said, I liked it, but I, I didn't require all this. I just wanted you. When I tell you, I felt this big. And I said, I chased money. I chased trying to provide for my family. And still, even in the provision, I still lacked vision for my marriage. I still lacked vision for actually seeing her as the woman, as the wife the guy created for me, because I was so busy trying to make provision that I forgot the vision.
0: Mm. Oh, God, that's so strong. Um, there's so much there. One of the things that really struck me that you said is that you were self medicating. I've never thought about cheating. As a self-medication, but what's interesting is I would have a very different thought process if you told me you're an alcoholic or a drug addict.
1: Yep. Or a th- or a thief. Yep, yep. You 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 say, oh, I understand that. I understand that you're you're drinking to get away from your struggles and and the pressures of the day. But sex is one of the greatest drugs. Because you get, it's a reason why an orgasm feels so good, you know? Um, and so people chase that oftentimes. And so, and that's and that's what I did. It was the moment of, and what I would chase was the moment of making that woman feel good, you know, because that made me feel like I did something right in this moment, Yay. you know? And so that's from a subconscious. Of course, I'd never even understood that in that moment. This is hindsight been 2020, 20, looking back over that and going, wow, that was a piece of work and didn't even know it. You know, just looking back over those choices I made in the past. And that's the reason why I'm so transparent about it is because I said that, listen, and I get so many men and women who DM me after hearing my story and say, hey, I've been cheating on my my husband for the last 11 years. And I no one knows this, but I felt like you're a safe place to, to share this with. How do I stop?
0: I'm actually glad you said that because you've interviewed quite a few women also yeah. who have cheated. And um, what have you learned about when women cheat versus your own experience and what you've heard about men cheating?
1: I think it's almost the same. Really? I think that women cheat when they are not being seen, when they feel like their their spouses, significant others aren't caring for their hearts. For men, they cheat for the same thing, but it's it's a little mud, it's, it's a little muddied. It's like a muddied water. Cause at the end of the day, it's still, it's still due to their brokenness. Whether that brokenness is by that person or brokenness that happened by their father or their mother or whatever, it's still brokenness. And so from a relational standpoint, it's still filling a void. So if we break it all the way down, they cheat. Cause a lot of times they, they'll say stuff like men cheat because they have the opportunity. And I'm like, Everybody has an opportunity to cheat, you know what I'm saying? And so it's not just because they have an opportunity, because that means when women think of that ideology, they go, well, since all men cheat, if they just give an opportunity, I'm going to stalk his phone. He need to give me his password for this. He needs to be on the phone with me when he goes to work at home. You try to shield him from the opportunity of cheating. No, people cheat because they lack integrity. That's why they cheat. It may show up in different forms, but it's because they're trying to fill a need externally that should be filled internally, regardless of that. So it's dealing with the brokenness that they've had in their past, uh overcoming generational curses of their family, you know, um, as it was with my father and my father's father, you know, didn't even know who my father's father's was my father's father was until 2020 after doing research on ancestry.com. Then I found out. And then, but my dad was Born out of an affair. <gasps> Never knew that. Never knew that. So we're over here fighting generational curses, not even knowing the curse that 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 happened. And I and that's why I said I want to be a a, a general a generational curse breaker. I said it stops with me. I said it's gonna stop with me. My sons, we're gonna have those conversations which we've had. I've had the sons that I adopted on my podcast. We talk. We talk about the the value of a man's body. I never was taught that our bodies are valuable as men and we shouldn't be out here just having sex with random women. Matter of fact, we're told the opposite. Women are told, hey, be chaste. Don't just give your body to every man. And then men are called, hey, so you roll your oats. Go have sex with as many women as possible. Well, that's a conundrum already. If If I have created the appetite in my body, to have sex with multiple people, and then my wife is conditioned to only have sex with a select few, then how do we join in holy matrimony and I am going to fulfill her needs because I'm feeling like now I'm in prison, which you asked before. You was like, do you feel like you were in prison? Do you feel like marriage now is like, wow. You know, men, when they take their vows, their friends are like, well, you got the old ball and chain on Mm -hmm. Why is that spoken of like that? Women don't talk to each other like that. It's like, oh my God, it's the happiest day of your life. You made it. Oh my God, you found this man that's gonna honor you. It's it's all uh celebratory. Men be like, ah, well, he left all these other single women for me. You know, I, I got more of them. I'm gonna t-. And it's it's and, it's and it's spoken of as a death sentence instead of a moment of proud of you, man. I'm proud that you are going to value this woman. Like, what if we edified each other like that on our on our wedding days? Man, I'm so proud of you. I know about your past. I want you to honor this woman. I'm never going to be your alibi. So don't, don't, don't you ever cheat on your wife. And if you do, if she ever called me and asked me, were you at my house and you lied on me, I'm going to tell her that you wasn't at my house. Like, what if we held each other accountable like that? So that's what's missing in our relationships because we'll begin to be the we'll begin to be the accomplice to the crime. Oh yeah, he was with me. Yeah, we was over here doing such 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 such. She's like, oh okay. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. So why aren't you sharpening your brother? Saying, hey man, don't do that. Don't break another heart. And so that's how I am in my in my friend's life, and that's the access I've given them now. I'll be like, no, hold me accountable. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to let you know what I'm doing because I never in my life want to cheat on another woman ever again. Period. And, and it's not so much about her. It's about me operating in the lowest denominator of myself. It's, 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 it's horrible.
0: So what have you done to then change and not have gone from the literis who was dating his wife that cheated and said, no, I won't do it again, then got married and then did it again, to the t- literis now who can say that and actually mean it?
1: Therapy and discipline. As my platform has increased, y- you can just imagine how much access I get to quote unquote vagina. I don't exercise that, 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 uh, that access. I don't, I have women come to me like, oh, I just want this and I heard about this. And what if you do this and why don't you come visit me and I'll do this, whatever, it, it, it go through one another. It's, it's it's not even attractive to me. It's not, it's not appealing to me because when you speak to me, you're speaking to my trauma. When you come to me and you're, and you're wanting to court me with your body, you're speaking to the lowest denominator. I'm a sapiosexual, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm attracted to intellect. But if you're leading with your body, you're you're leading with my trauma because I'm like, no, nah, I remember, I got to be more disciplined than this. I don't want to be a guy that I can just run off and have sex with this girl and have sex with this girl and then run over and have sex with this girl. So even in my single season, I'm operating in discipline mm-hmm. because what you practice while you're single is what you're going to take over into your marriage. It ain't going just it ain't going to stop because you say I do you know and which is crazy to me which i always say one of the craziest things that we've normalized in our lives uh is a couple of days before the marriage, at bachelor parties or bachelorette parties, we got strippers, here I am a man, I got strippers all up on me, women gyrating on me, breasts all in my face, doing all this other stuff, and then I'm gonna go marry my wife and I'm not gonna have that image when I when we lay down on our wedding night. Like I'm just gonna forget that whole moment happened the night before. And so for me, I wanna always discipline my heart and my mind. I know that my mind as a creative can create some stuff. So I have to be very protective on what I allow in my ear gates and my eye gates i got to be protective over that i have to literally like like these are the borders in my mind let's protect that let's not let that get in your mind because you don't know when that memory is going to recall itself and it can recall itself in the most trying time in your marriage and now me and my wife are at odds because marriage is going to go through that there's no perfect marriage it's going to be moments that i may not like my wife It's going to be moments where she may not like me and in those vulnerable moments what memories, what have I deposited in my mind? Do I Have I deposited the word of God? Have I deposited healthy teaching? Have I uh, um, deposited healthy ways of dealing with rejection, what I deem as rejection, so that when I'm in those moments of vulnerability, do I go and find another vice and go, okay, if you, I, okay I see how you treat me right now. I remember so-and-so. I'm going to see if her Instagram page is, hey, so-and-so, what you doing? No time, no talk to. It's harmless. I'm just saying, how she doing? No, you recalled that memory. It wasn't that you was needing somebody to talk to. You can go talk to a therapist. No, you went and you went and talked to so and so because that memory stopped playing games with yourself. You recalled that memory. Are you hanging out at the strip club and you like, well, I'm just going to go to a strip club. So now you hanging out at the strip club and you don't think nothing's going to happen. The devil knows you showed up for a reason and he has an assignment. So now your wife done got you mad. You feel a certain way. Now you're over here with, uh, uh, give me a stripper name. We're going to make up a stripper name. Uh, I don't want
0: to offend anybody. Okay,
1: yeah, because you may say anything. You may say Pinky Toe, and they be like, I was offended. You said Pinky Toe, that's my stripper name. So 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 Pinky Toe. She 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 shows up and she's dancing with you, she's doing whatever, and then she says, Hey, you wanna go back to VIP? You like, Man, just go here. You know what I'm saying? Because a stripper ain't gonna tell nobody. So now you over here, now you done had sex with her, gave her a couple of dollars, you done did what you did, and then now in that moment of vulnerability, you made a life decision. A life altering decision in your marriage. You uncovered your wife in that moment and vice versa. A man, a woman, women, you know, women, they do stuff on a different level where they're reading all these romance novels, these fantasies, these fantasy novels, and they're having these little affairs in their brain with these characters in the book. Cause they like, ah, oh, I love how so and so this character grabbed her when she walked to the door and did this and all and all this fantasy that's in their mind and then when their husband isn't meeting their needs like the character in the book they looking at him like he's inadequate you know what i'm saying and i've talked to a lot of uh friends that i had that are uh women who are into porn just like men and so it's like it's these same fantasies that we create in our mind that get stored up. And then in those moments, what happened? Are you thinking about somebody else while you're having sex with your spouse? Are you connecting mentally with somebody else when you're supposed to be connected with your spouse? So it's all those things that are just protecting your mind.
0: When you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on. You need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell Every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high end beauty products to physical stores, Shopify's got you covered, my homie, and their award winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Cause let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self care, which let's face it, is super freaking important. Now, with this built-in AI and the Internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the US. That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. There is so much confusing and conflicting information out there about what is a healthy diet, right? But my rule of thumb, guys, is that if you focus on eating high quality animal based proteins rather than cheaper over processed meals with a ton of junk ingredients with long words that you just can't pronounce, then you'll immediately be surprised at how much better and how different you feel. That absolutely is how it was for me, guys, when I was recovering from crippling stomach issues that I wasn't able to eat much at all. And then I found ButcherBox. It was amazing because I could finally eat meat that didn't make me feel sick or bloated or just hunched over in agony. And guys, I'm telling you, never looked back. I am their biggest, most avid fan. And that's because ButcherBox's unbelievable high standard qualities in their product is guaranteed. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the highest quality meats and seafood ships directly to your door. Every month, you can let ButcherBox curate a box of high quality cuts for you. Or you can actually customize, if you're like me and very picky, you can customize your box with the exact things and the cuts that you are looking for and Prioritise your favourite stuff. So, guys, it is actually easy to eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the freaking planet delivered right to your door. And Butcher Box is right now offering our listeners—that's you guys—your choice of a weeknight meal essential: three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for absolutely free in every order for a year. Like, that's so insane. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this offer because I truly love the brand. Plus, actually, I got so excited, I forgot to tell you this. You get $20 off your first order. So just give it a try. Click the link in the show notes or go to butcherbox.com slash W-O-I and use code W-O-I to choose your free offer and get $20 off your order right now. Shipping can make or break a sale. Yeah, I I personally think fantasy can be good yeah. if you're then fulfilling it with your partner. With your partner, have all you to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the trust part I think is really important as well because it's easy to have a um, to be faithful or be in a great relationship when things are going well. 100%. It's when things aren't, and so you said it earlier. I always thought about my husband. Even if a thousand women threw themselves on him, even if there was a naked woman in like one of his dressing rooms one day that he goes to a talk show and there's a naked woman and we've just had the worst argument of our marriage. Do I still trust that he walks out that room or not? And so any scenario... To your point, where you get married, and or sorry, you get into an argument, you cross, you know, you're like battling each other. You have that seeping thought that then escalates, Um, and so I really think it's at their worst. Are you able to trust them? And then the other part I want to make is that you now seem like you've done the work. Whereas when you went from dating your wife to then marrying her, there was no real difference, and I think that that's a big thing. I have such compassion because I was there before my husband. I I was with a guy for about four years, and it was, you know, he would be verbally abusive, and the next day he would apologize and say he'd never do it again. He didn't actually do anything different. Right. It was just words to get me back, yes. so that I could then forgive him, and then we we were in this toxic cycle. Yes. Um, but your wife, I heard you say that once you confessed. Actually, I've got a breakdown. You said in the first year you just prayed that she would change. Yep. In the second year, you prayed that you could accept that you could uh, that you could accept what she didn't change, and then by the third year, you realised it was over. Right. Right. So once you realised it was over, you then said, "But she didn't fight for you." Right. How do you feel about that? Because as a woman, I'd be like, yeah, I am fighting for you. You've too. cheated on me. You have betrayed my trust. Yep. I'm out the door. Like, why would I fight for you if you're not even willing to fight for me?
1: What was so interesting, because it was a, a recurring theme in our relationship. From day one, she would always say, she always reserved like a large portion of herself for me. And I could feel it. We did this personality profile test. And she was like 98% contemplator. I forgot what type of program it was. Um, but she was 98% contemplator, which means she just lives in her head. Like what she's gonna just, you you very rarely gonna hear her thoughts. And so I kept saying, gosh, it's just it's just it's just different, it's just strange. And so um I would just always ask, what percentage? And she would never tell me. And then cause I think we were dating, I was like, is it 85%, 80 And um, and what I felt was validated when I filed for divorce, she said, I'm glad I never fully gave myself to you because I would have been destroyed. Now, that's as two weeks shy. Well, our divorce was final two weeks shy of 10 years. But she said that to me and I said, and that's why I divorcing you because I'm tired of trying to get access to you. So it was a, a catch-22, but it was so true in both of our worlds. I'm going to reserve myself from you because I can't fully trust you with my heart. I'm saying, I'm going to go externally because these other women are giving me access that I just can't get. And it wasn't just about sex. It was about vulnerability. It was about having conversations. You'll find a lot of times with, with people, there's a reason why a guy will sit at the bar and just talk to the bartender about all his problems he's found a safe place to talk about his problems. It's a reason why I've had friends that were exotic dancers that said that married men would just come and share all their their business with them, stuff that they never share with their wife because he found a safe place. When we realize that as spouses, husbands and wives, we have to create safe spaces for that person. And the only way you can get to a safe space is by granting an all access pass into our hearts, into the other person's hearts and to walk in total transparency and vulnerability. When you talked about walking, being able to trust your husband if a naked woman was sitting in the dressing room, the other caveat is that your husband should value you enough to come back and say, Girl, let me tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a naked woman in oh, my dressing room. Me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: but most time men be like, Nah, I ain't gonna tell her that because she gonna think I had sex with her. But it's like, just give her the truth. You didn't. But nah, she's gonna assume that she... No, Um, a few good men, I remember this line, this famous line, and a few good men, you can't handle the truth. And the truth be told, oftentimes people say they want the truth, but then how do you handle that truth once extended to you? Can you actually handle the truth? Can you handle the truth of your spouse saying, she's beautiful. She's a hot woman. If you begin to ask him, you think she's hot? Yeah, you do. How can you even look at another woman with me? It's like you asked to quit. Okay, now I'm a lie. Train me to lie. Okay, now ask me again. Is she hot? I don't know. She's terrible. Mm-hmm. Now you train him to lie, and vice versa. We train our spouses or significant others to lie when they give us the truth, and you can't handle it. And so they say, I right, I just go talk to the bartender about the truth. I'll just talk to my best friend about the truth. I'll just talk to the exotic dancer at the club about the truth because my safe place, my spouse, my husband, my wife, they can't handle the truth. And what makes a healthy relationship is when y'all can talk about everything, no matter what it is, and y'all create that safe space and be like, hey, I'm mad at you right now. What you mad at? Well, you know, the other day when I said X, Y, Z, you you act like you didn't care at all. You were on your phone, you were doing X, Y, Z. Oh, my bad, I was trying to do this or whatever. I was listening to what you were saying a matter of fact, I can tell you exactly what you said. You said this, 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 this. I didn't even think you were listening to me. Well, yes, I, I actually was listening to you. Well, can you do this in the future? In the future, can you say, can you give me a minute, let me get off this phone call, and then I'll give you my undivided attention? Just giving people the truth and, and giving them the tools to be able to, to navigate that space. Again, is so healthy because now you say I can tell my wife anything. I can tell my husband anything, and it's not going to make them run. It's not going to make them say, "Oh my God, I can't believe you had that thought." You know, you're saying, "Thank you for sharing with me that 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 place of vulnerability." What can I do to help you with that?
0: Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Don't you think in that situation with your wife, though, because you had cheated on her before you got married. You guys didn't have a stable foundation on trust, and so there was always a part of her that didn't allow herself to give it over because maybe there was that voice at the back of her head that says, "He he's gonna he could do this again."
1: Yes, in that fact, but it started even before that. So, like we we opened up doors. You got to think I was the type of guy that did not believe in cheating, and again, it's hard to have this. To make this statement, because it sounds like, well, if she would have did this, she wouldn't have done that. Again, I lacked integrity. That's the overarching thing. But it's also gateways that happen when, um, I remember this with my ex-wife. She would, when we were dating, I like to talk on the phone. I like to call. I'm gonna call. We could talk on the phone all day. We we can do this. She said, I don't like talking on the phone. And I was like, well, goodness gracious. I, I want to talk to my woman. <laughs> so, so then I remember one day I said, I'm going to see if she's going to call me. If I don't call her, I'm going to see if she can go the whole day without calling me. And it got to about 11.59 and I couldn't take it. And I called. I was like, you was not going to call me all day, huh? She was like, I mean, I mean, if you want to talk, you got to call me. And I said, this is different. Like, I'm used to (laughs) women. Like, this is so different. But I had the need to talk to my woman. So now let me, let me, let me fast forward. So then here I am with this need to talk to my woman. And I just said, all right, forget it. Rejection. If you can go the whole day without talking to me and it doesn't bother you, then fine. This is what I'm feeling inside. Didn't communicate it because she's already communicated that with her actions that she could do that. So then what made it easy for me to cheat? She wasn't going to call. I didn't have to lie. I didn't have to do nothing. I didn't have to be like, hold on, my girl calling. Shh, be quiet. She didn't call it anyway. So it made it feel like it made me feel like she didn't care that much to talk to me anyway. And so then I justified the cheating because I said, she don't really care about me anyway. But just having that conversation, say, hey, listen, like, like I'm 45 years old, I'm grown now. So I'd be like, hey, listen, I need to talk to you. I love talking to my woman. I don't want to talk to nobody else more than I talk to you. I love my publishers, but I can't be talking to my <laughs> publishers more than I'm talking to my woman. It just, it just don't make sense to me. Uh, well, I'm not a phone person. Well, what does that look like to you? Because we need to find something in here so that I, my needs are being met talking to you, staying connected with you, and not. Because it, out of sight, out of mind, if I'm just not talking to you, we can go three, four days not talking to each other. That's just not healthy anyway. Even my friends I talk to more than that. And I want you to be my best friend. I want you to take the place of my best friend because we're going to get married one day. But to communicate that, and if that person says, I'm sorry, I'll text you all day, but I'm not going to talk to you, then that's a real decision to make to say, do I want somebody that can go days without talking to me and make a grown person decision to say, no, I need somebody to show up like this in my life. And it ain't got to get to marriage. It don't have to get to six months. It don't have to get to a year of dating and a relationship. You're not willing to try. You don't want that. Cool, fine, done. Because if you're not able to communicate your needs and that person willing to fulfill those needs, you're with the wrong person anyway. Because there are things that your spouse is going to want of you that you just don't like. But because, again, what I said earlier, marriage has been sacrificial, then you got to say, if you need that to show up the best in your life, I'm going to give it to you. I don't want you ever going to your homegirls because I'm just absent. I just don't want to talk to you. Like... Now you will like, people like, where your man at? Oh, he just don't like going. I've, I've seen people that are couples that you never see their spouse. or And you go, why do I ever see your husband at these banquets? Oh, he don't like stuff like this. And you go, he won't ever go like one time. He can't sacrifice two hours to go to this banquet with you. now nah, he, he hates stuff like this. And they've been married for all that time. He just never would do it, never. And the same thing with, with her um she may not go do this she hates football but can you go one time like just one time sit there and maybe get on this nerve time and now what is that now what team is what's going on you know one time just be like i don't like that there's nothing about it i just don't like it i'm never gonna go and you go okay but if you find that your spouse loves something you might want to connect with them in the thing that they love. Not saying that you have to love it and you have to become the hobbyist of that thing, but at least go to the golf, he likes golfing, go one time and sit there and be like, I don't know how you do this all day. This is interesting. Or you may look at it and be like, this was actually fun. Do you mind if I go? Go with you again. Like, this is this was kind of fun. I thought that this was stupid. <laughs> you know, you running around on the golf course, hitting the ball. I just thought that was the dumbest thing ever. But I felt I found that this was very therapeutic for me. So I would like to come at least twice, uh, twice a year with you. He's like, I, I never told you this, but I've always wanted you to come here with me. You go, I just thought you kind of like hanging out with your guys. I don't care about them. <laughs> I want to hang out with my woman. You're like, well, I never knew that. But in that moment, y'all connected again on something like that. And so just by articulating those needs, I believe that it shows if that person is willing to just show up in your greatest need.
0: Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energize, which of course, all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49, perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: What up, my homie? First, I just wanna actually thank you. Like, from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like, you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do. And no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episode delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and That's just the beginning. Subscriber-only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal, or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from Mo. That's right. It'll have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? The badass boost, of course. So guys, don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary. So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors and upcoming events.